Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Today's Monday, December 9th, 2019, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, Impeachment, the House Judiciary Committee. They're back for their second impeachment hearing today. Lots of drama today, as one can expect. We'll have the roundup, including uh, Congresswoman Val Demings, Lanny, making it perfectly clear, y'all know Donald Trump withheld the aid to Ukraine so he can, they can investigate the Bidens. Why Republicans want to keep lying? Dumbass Ted Cruz said Russia didn't hack our election. It also was Ukraine. Really, dude? Really? <laughs> We'll talk to Terrell Starr, who's a Russian-Ukrainian expert. Yeah, the truth hurts, Ted. Also, a group of senators led by Senator Kamala Harris are calling for Trump senior advisor Stephen Miller to be fired because of his bigotry. Hashtag, we tried to tell you. Also, remember the story out of Missouri, Lamar Johnson, one, uh, the black man been in prison 25 years. Prosecutors say he didn't commit the crime, so why are they continuing trying to keep the brother in jail? We'll discuss that also the killers of Amber Geiger's witness Joshua Brown have been indicted. We'll give you those details. 
And remember uh, colonizers to gentrifiers. That is the folks who were trying to sue the popular restaurant in the Houston, the Turkey Leg Hut. Hmm. Well, after the owners got their hands on that email, which I read on this show exclusively, guess what? The lawsuit is now being dropped. We'll talk to the co-owners of the Turkey Leg Hut right here. And for the first time, the four reigning queens of beauty pageants are all black. Y'all know how black excellence works. Plus, remembering the legacy of the first black female psychoanalyst, Margaret Lawrence. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. According to an Innocence Project report, blacks are seven times more likely than whites to be wrongfully convicted of murder and three times more likely than white people to be wrongfully convicted of sexual assault. Such is the case of Lamar Johnson. In 1994, the ACLU believes that the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office committed gross prosecutorial misconduct in order to convict Lamar of murder. They knowingly presented perjured testimony fabricated facts to negate Johnson's strongly corroborated alibi and buried the fact that a prime witness against him was a paid jailhouse informant. Here to talk about what's happening with that case and the bigger picture is Samil Trivedi. He's the senior staff attorney for the Criminal Law Reform Project at the ACLU. So we had you on a little bit, a bit ago. And so what has changed thus far? Has anything happened thus far? So, uh, Lamar Johnson, joined by the circuit attorney of St. Louis, and I can't press how significant this is, joined by Kim Gardner, the woman who should be prosecuting him, has decided that he is overwhelming, his overwhelming innocence is so clear that he ought to be given a new trial. So uh, they filed this new trial motion in the district court. It is now up at the appeals court, having lost in the district court. The district court said, I don't care about this new evidence of innocence. I don't care that he's been proclaiming his innocence for 25 years. It's just too late. So they're letting a technicality get in the way. So we are going to St. Louis on Wednesday, December 11th, for the appellate hearing, where we're going to tell the appellate court, first of all, this, is, this technicality should not stand, that we have greater issues of justice at play here, and the trial court has, every, has all the authority it needs to overturn this decision and give Lamar Johnson a new trial. Now, is this state or federal court? State court. Um, and... Um, typically, appellate courts uh, on states love to really give a lot more leeway to the DAs. In cases like this, you've had really greater luck in federal courts. That's typically true, um, and it may be true here. We're also up against the fact that the attorney general for the state of Missouri is siding with the courts and against Lamar Johnson. Um, so much so that the courts actually kicked 
Kim Gardner, the prosecutor, out of the case, and she had to rejoin as sort of a third party. Um, uh, and so that tells you the kind of obstacles that we're up against in the state court system of St. Louis. Uh, the deck is fully stacked um, against Lamar Johnson, but uh, we still think we have the right argument and justice is on our side. But, but again, as we discussed last time, it, it is stunning to have a prosecutor review the evidence and say, this man should not be in prison. And these folks are saying, ah, too late, forget that. I mean, they would rather have an innocent man, they would rather spend money, thousands upon thousands of dollars, to incarcerate an innocent person than to do what is right to say, free an innocent person. That's right. For, for hundreds of years in this country, we've allowed prosecutors to use their quote-unquote discretion to throw young black men like Mar Lamar Johnson in jail. The second that, oh, by the way, a young female African-American district attorney gets elected in St. Louis and tries to use her discretion to do the right thing, all of a sudden, everybody's lined up against her. And th these are the sort of things that is happening with these progressive DAs across the country, but especially women. Yep. black women. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've seen this, of course, in Baltimore. We've seen it in Chicago. We've seen it in Florida. Numerous states uh, where these things are happening. Then what you have is, then you have uh, the Attorney General of the United States. Then you have Donald Trump. Both of them standing below, before law enforcement officers and making it perfectly clear that progressive DAs, they are, in essence, the scourge of the earth. And, and I want to point out the double standard. Just today, Bill Barr, with his hand-picked investigation into the origins of the Trump, inve uh, the Russia investigation, said, I can't believe that they brought this investigation on the thinnest of evidence, right? So when it's his guy, an old white man, getting persecuted, he wants to uphold high standards and a high standard of proof, right? But when it comes to commenting on these democratically elected female women of color, uh, who are using their discretion to do the exact same thing, to stop the over-prosecution of young black men in their jurisdictions. He has a lot different things to say. And so, hearing is on uh, Wednesday. Yep. Uh, how long do you expect it to take before the appellate court rules? These things take time. Uh, so, what's important here is that we keep up the drumbeat of pressure. So, tomorrow morning, uh, the co Color of Change uh, is going to release a petition with tens of thousands of signatures supporting Lamar Johnson's case. Um, also, at the, at the appellate court level, the Innocence Project, the ACLU, hundreds of, legal, of law professors in the field of legal ethics, uh, nine post-conviction scholars, um, and dozens of former prosecutors and current prosecutors themselves have signed on to briefs supporting this petition. So, that's who believes that Lamar Johnson is innocent and deserves a new trial. And on the other hand, all we have is the state of Missouri in the way. Who is going to be arguing the case on Wednesday? So it should be uh, Lamar Johnson's counsel uh, at the Midwest Innocence Project, um, as well as his individual attorney, Lindsey Runnels. Uh, and as I said, uh, Kim Gardner's office has come in as a third party, so they will argue it. And on the other hand, it's the attorney general of Missouri. Uh, again, this is why we also make clear uh, elections matter, and so we certainly appreciate it. Samuel, thank you so very much. Thank uh, you. I want to bring in my panel right now, Avis Jones DeWeaver, uh, leadership strategist, uh, of course, Cleo Monago, behavioral analyst, uh, as well as uh, Johanna. Glad to have you back. You, you've been gone a while. Thank you. Bye. Yes, uh, LeBlanc, she's been traveling all across the world, so you know, get all the frequent flyer miles in. <laughs> uh, uh, Avis, to this point with this case here, 
This is why I keep telling people elections matter. Absolutely. On yesterday, I was flying back from St. Louis. Uh, I spoke at Tennessee State's graduation on Saturday morning, spoke to the Alphas in St. Louis, Epsilon Lambda on Saturday night. And we're at the airport, and a young brother comes up to me. He works at the airport. And he <coughs> says, um, Mr. Martin, I got to ask you, I didn't vote in 2016. Hmm. And you did a commentary where you call people like me dumbasses. Do you still feel that way? And I said, <laughs> and I said yes. Even more so. <laughs> I said, no, I, don't. I said, yes. So well, let me explain you why. Mm-hmm. And I understand Cleo's, his, his point is like, oh, be more affirming. I'm like, no. <laughs> I said, this is why I call, I said, why I call you dumbasses. Right. I said, what's the most important thing you care about? Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentioned a particular issue. And I said, do you understand that there is not an issue that you care about in your life that a politician does not impact. Mm-hmm. I said, if you're driving down a street and you're pissed off about potholes, do you understand mm-hmm. if there is a city official or a county official who is responsible for the roads? Mm-hmm. I said, if you want a stoplight or a school crossing guard, mm-hmm. I said, political people have an impact. Mm-hmm. In this case here, yes, the state attorney general if you had a state attorney general who cared about justice, then that's who you could vote for. Mm-hmm. They voted, they elected a progressive DA there in St. Louis. And the folks there have been fighting this sister, <coughs> trying to steal her authority. Yep. In fact, Wesley Bell, now she's the county DA, right? She's the city the, DA. So Wesley she's a DA, Wesley, Wesley yep. Bell's the county DA. Yep. So you got two African Americans who are d- district attorneys who are the DAs there in St. Louis. And they have been fighting them like dogs. Absolutely. And so when you talk about who you elect as the governor, same thing. But it's not just a Democrat mm-hmm. thing. Repub- it's Absolutely not a Republican not. thing, Democrat as well. You've got Republican governor in Maryland, Larry Hogan, who has ordered the Democratic DA to take cases away from Marilyn Mosby, mm-hmm. claiming she somehow can't prosecute him yep. with no evidence whatsoever. Right. And so the, so the reason I am critical of these idiots out here who will tell you not to vote it's because they're full of shit. Lamar Johnson, let me, let me go ahead and let me be real clear. And some of y'all listen to these dumbasses. Some of y'all watch their YouTube channels and you follow them on social media and you hear these people saying, oh, you should not vote. Lamar Johnson has sat in prison for 25 years. And finally, black folks in St. Louis elect a black woman district attorney who comes in and investigates and says, this man is innocent. And yet it is the attorney general who's who's stopping that man from coming out and is fighting the district attorney. Avis, that's why I don't give a damn how you feel Mm -hmm. about any candidate. The reality is this, somebody's gonna win. And there's more than likely, if there's a progressive district attorney or a progressive attorney general, it's more likely to stand to say a Lamar Johnson should get out and that black man should not be sitting in prison and that's why voting matters. Absolutely. I mean, it, it could not be more stark, the situation that we have right now 
in St. Louis is absolutely egregious. And you're exactly right. It's not just St. Louis. We are seeing cases across the country where progressive prosecutors are trying to do the right thing, are trying to push for justice for all of us and not just the few, right? And the minute that they do, they are hitting these brick walls by people at the state level, oftentimes the attorney general or the governor, that's trying to usurp their power. So this is why it's so important that we that we vote and that we vote everywhere, up and down the ballot, all right? Such that when we take control, we can use our power in a way that we can actually shift the power dynamics in this nation. The reason why they're trying to usurp this power uh, is because that's what they understand that it is, okay? This is one of the first time in our history where we've had so many progressive prosecutors who are actually looking for justice and not just throwing people in jail. Right. And they're trying to usurp that. They want that power to remain <laughs> in the hands of the same people who've had it for centuries, and they're trying to push back. And if we can stop them, we need to, and the way that we stop them is through our vote. And, and, and Cleo, on that point, that, that people don't understand, and, and I've been saying this, that, and I, I tweeted to a bunch of journalists today, we, look, we, we, we can't expect these other news shows to do it. We have to connect the dots. And so I wasn't just chastising homeboy. I said, I asked, what do you care about? Mm -hmm. Because I needed him to understand that there are things that you walking around caring about, but you need to understand that politics plays a role in it. Mm -hmm. And so, and then, then he said, well, <coughs> but if I vote, I've done my part. I said, no, that's the end of one process the beginning of another. Mm -hmm. Then you got to say, one, if my person wins, do what you said you were going to do. I said, but if the person you voted for doesn't win, you still a constituent. Mm -hmm. And you can still make demands That's of right. the person. So what should be <laughs> happening in Missouri, that attorney general should be inundated yes. with phone calls and emails and folks targeting his office and protesting as well, saying, how dare you? He should not give a speech anywhere in that state on where he is not met by protesters saying, how dare you keep this black man in prison? Well, people who deny the importance of voting could be called DAs. In this case, it means dumb, you know, the word you always use. Uh, people who are apprehensive to vote, I don't think it's a good idea to call them that, but you did something that I think is strategically important. You asked them what they cared about. Right. But I do it all the time. I okay. tell people, well, I say, pick one thing. Because right. there's something you care about. Right. But to act as if, man, nothing is ever going to change. Right. No. Right. But strategically, I'm getting back to your strategy, which is different than just calling people dumbass for not voting. You ask them, what do they care about? Right. I do both. And that you, well, I know you do both. But I'm talking about <laughs> what happened on the air mostly. It's like, you dumbass. Not, but anyway, the point <laughs> is that people don't feel cared about. And when you ask them what they care about, sometimes, first of all, their initial reaction is shock because somebody asks you what I cared about, particularly a lot of black men. They've never been asked that. So part of what's important to create a conversation to get them to transform from cynicism is to tap into what they actually care about. But I want to get into the larger issue of the systemic concerns around breaking precedent. Yeah. The, the um, attorney generals and all these 
essentially white supremacists do not want what you're doing to happen because it might change the precedent from their control. Precisely. It might take the precedent from them being able to lock up a brother as long as they want to because that's what they want to do because they want to disarm black people and stay in power and they don't want that precedent change. So, they, so regardless of how ridiculous it is, they're going to push back. It's not right. the same thing as what's happening with the Republican Party and Trump and all that crazy stuff. They want Absolutely. that to stay in place. They can break laws, lie, use United States money to, to try to pimp Ukraine. No, they can do all that they want to and, and, and not show up to court, even after subpoena, and be illegal and wrong as hell. You can call that dumbass, if you will. It is. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they're trying to keep a precedent going. And I want people on the street that you might run into to understand that we need to change the precedent by, by being involved. But I'll close with this. We have to do work simultaneously around getting us to learn to re-care about each other as a people. Right. Because I used to go to St. Louis, and I, I remember when I went to Ferguson, I asked them because they had the power in terms of numbers to vote for whoever they wanted to be in power in that city. A city they, that was 67% yeah. black, right. and even after the even death after, of Michael Brown, right. the folks who still, still didn't go vote. And that's not because they were dumbasses. That's because the whole concept of power and being relevant and in control of their destiny didn't compute. I literally asked them, because I said, why didn't you vote? You are in power here. You, you have the numbers here, and they would go into a catatonic state. It's a very interesting culture in St. Louis. But, it, but it's not just St. Louis. No, yeah, there's right. there's go, go black ahead, people but, not voting all over the country. But St. Louis is a good example of taking it one step further than the vote and running. Mm -hmm. Wesley Bell came out of the fire of Ferguson and ran for something, mm -hmm. right? And for too long, voter suppression and other tactics by the white establishment have made people think, particularly people of color, that spot is not for me. Mm -hmm. And what these progressive prosecutors show is that spot is for you. Right. That we can have those positions of power. So when you talk about what you care about, yeah, go vote on it, but then go run on it. Mm -hmm. But the, but, 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 but but the piece on holding people accountable is still important. Absolutely. I mean, because there's some black people who are physically black and psychologically white. Oh, so first, look, I, look I, I'll, tell you right, I'll tell you right now, there are black people who are mobilizing against Jackie Lacey, who's a DA in Los Angeles. She got to go, okay? Jahan, here's a thing that, that also, again, that's a part of this, this stuck-on-stupid perspective for me. And, again, the people out there who some of y'all are following who are telling you don't vote, I'm telling you uh, they're foul and they're sick. You got people who are saying, well, uh, leave the top of the ticket empty. Why? Because here's a piece. Because you got people out, follow me here. They're literally saying, well, uh, we survive for survive worse, <laughs> so we don't get this, 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 where it don't matter if Trump wins. That's happening. They're getting paid. They're saying that. But here's the thing. Right now, Donald Trump has already appointed one out of every five mm -hmm. federal judges. Mm -hmm. Now, this case is in state court. Let me give y'all the Reuben Hurricane Carter case. That case, by the Lord, they took a shot in the dark and went to the federal level. Based upon the technical aspect of the law, that federal judge should not have heard that case. That federal judge should have thrown out the Reuben Hurricane Carter case. But the federal judge said, y'all continue. He was released because a federal judge heard the case. Yeah. When I keep telling these fools, don't listen to these crazy folk. If you say, well, I don't agree with this, 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 
<clears throat> you literally are giving Donald Trump the potential. I need people to understand this. They are going to older conservative judges and telling them you need to retire. Mm -hmm. They're going to judges, 65 plus, saying, why don't you consider retiring so we can appoint somebody 35? Was on the ballot in 2020. If he wins again, he potentially could appoint upwards of half of all federal judges mm -hmm. in America who will be there for the next 40 to 50 years. Don't listen to these fools who say leave the top of the ticket uh, blank. Yeah, I, I think that for most Americans, the notion of the federal court system is it's, um, it's a novelty. People don't think about how it impacts every aspect of your life, right? So I think um, it is critical for um, elected officials and churches and church leaders and um, grassroots organizations to start talking about the judiciary and the role that it plays in shaping the lives of, of people all across all across this nation. But another thing that I want to to discuss is that, you know, when it comes to people of color not um, some people of color not wanting to be fully engaged in the um, in the in the process of, of electing uh, officials, you have to think about it. Some of them are it's justified, right? Because um, let's look at how far have African Americans <coughs> as a as a group how far have we really gone? In the year 2019, we're talking about increased po poverty in the African American community. We're talking about incarceration. We're talking about environmental issues. We're talking about high HIV and AIDS rate in, in, in our communities. Some of the issues that we were talking about during the civil rights era still exist. So to some people, it's kind of like, does my vote really matter? Is voting um, just an emotional thing for me? Or does it really impact my day-to-day -day life? Anybody, does... anybody who thinks mm -hmm. that it's the same today as it is then needs to think about what now? Mm -hmm. They need to think about mm -hmm. What would life be like mm -hmm. if you didn't have those changes? Yeah. See, but first, for some people, they haven't seen like significant changes. No, no, in first, their no, no, but, life. but when so somebody have to, says, we, 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 we have to understand where they're coming from. Oh, no, no, no. I right? understand where they're coming I think, from. I think a lot of times we don't even want to hear that, that narrative. But the point is, reality no, but here's my problem with really that narrative. questioning the system every but day. But here's my problem with that narrative. Mm -hmm. The reality is, I can show you significant changes. Mm -hmm. Now, I could sit here and say, oh, well, my goodness, if you look at, if somebody says right now that, that the home ownership rate mm -hmm. for black Americans today is essentially the same as it was in 1968. Mm -hmm. But I can also explain why. Mm -hmm. I can show you what happened in the 1970s, yeah. in the 1980s, mm -hmm. in the 1990s, then, of course, the housing crisis mm -hmm. in 2007, mm -hmm. and then laws that were changed, uh, Glass-Steagall. Mm -hmm. uh, I can also show you the federal housing changes that, that actually led to that. Mm -hmm. I, I can go through all those different things. But what I will not suggest is that, well, it's the same thing mm -hmm. because the reality is this here. <laughs> Redlining in 2019 mm -hmm. ain't the same as redlining was in 1965. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm still saying connecting the dots is vital because to Cleo's point, I could sit here and say, yo, I'm good. I got a nice life where I live. I'm traveling, whatever. But I got to give a damn about Lamar Johnson. Exactly. I, I, I got to give a damn about the brother Reed in Texas. I, I got to care about. And, and so I got to be thinking about, wait a minute. I need to ensure 
if there are people who are put in place in power who also give a damn about them. If I go, man, I don't really see this thing changing, so I'm going to sit and put my hands in my pocket, she ain't the DA in St. Louis. Yeah. Wesley's not the DA. I got a better shot at Wesley being the DA in St. Louis because I voted and Krasner being the DA in Philly because I voted. And let me also remind you, it was a black DA who took a bribe who went to prison in Philadelphia yeah. who was replaced by a white DA in Philly. This ain't about who's black. It's about who's right. And I can say I got a better shot because of Mosby. In, in Brooklyn, they had a better shot because of Kenneth Thompson. A better, Aaron Masayala, the first black state attorney, said, I am not going to prosecute death penalty cases. What I have to do is, I got to step back and say, hold up. If I'm walking around saying nothing has changed, guess what? If that man walks out of prison because it's right, that has changed. And, and the point I'm trying to make and that's is that, 25 years. And, and, and the thing, the point I'm trying to make is that we must not dismiss those feelings, right? And and again, it is, you know, ju I mean, um, the church and, and and various media outlets have a very significant critical role in to play in terms of educating voters, right? Because you have to look at it. In the year 2019, if a child were to born in poverty in the year 2019, that child would more likely to, to die in poverty than ever in the history of this country. So to some people, it's it's as if, has things really gotten better? At the end of the year, no, no, a lot no. of if families... A child, if a child born in poverty in 2019, if a child was born in poverty in 1919... The likelihood of that child not staying in poverty is, is very slim. No, that child was in poverty in 1919, 1929. Look, America's a capitalist society. Of course, In a capitalist society, they need broke people. Of course. And they push that. I, and so the reality is, we here's the other piece we got to own up to. We could have... Poverty would actually... LBJ's anti-poverty programs were working. They were actually working. But what happened was, it was middle-class white folks who said, I don't want my money to keep going to these folks who somehow can't work. And they were actually working. When Republicans say, oh, we've spent all this money and these things were failing, no, things were working. The problem that we've had in this country, and of course, we're not dealing with it today's show, but you just had a Washington Post to drop the story. Almost a trillion dollars spent in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. and this nation has lied to us, and nothing has really changed there. What we have to do, and again, this is to me how basic it is, and Avis, we had this in the 60s. And Cleo, we've discussed this as well. Black communities had citizenship, education, yeah. training. Of course. They had classes. They had workshops. They, they were walking folks through. What I'm saying to people, we got to make this thing plain because if we do this, and here's the piece. I don't know what white folks gonna do. I don't know what Latinos gonna do. I don't know what Asians gonna do. But all I'm saying is this here. If black folks do this, I'm somebody is going to win. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, it's, it's not even to say that, I mean, come on, things can roll back. If you think it can't get worse, mm -hmm. wait and see what would happen, okay? Why do you think that there's this court-packing scheme that's going on now? It's specifically to roll back civil rights. It's specifically mm -hmm. to roll back women's rights. And it's specifically to roll back... Criminal exactly, justice. criminal justice advancements. It's specifically to do that. Mm -hmm. So to sit here and cross your arms and act like, well, it hadn't gotten better, well, hell, it can get a whole hell of a lot worse, okay? Number one. Number two, I want people to really realize what's going on here. There's been a lot of money spent to suppress our votes. Yes, a lot of money. 
millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. And if you look at what happened in the last presidential election, what demographic did the, did the Russians most likely target? Yeah. Guess what? It was us. Do you think there's a reason for that? There is a reason for that. The last thing I will say is when you're hearing these people <laughs> on YouTube talking about how you don't need to vote, I want you to ask yourself where the hell they getting their money from? Because I'm telling you, a lot of these people that have black faces are getting them rubles, are rubles. getting money from folks <laughs> who don't want you to vote, okay? Not everybody that looks like you rubles. is for you. They are getting paid somehow, and it ain't from selling CDs. Cleo, John is right, absolutely, in terms of, again, the reason I asked the brother, I wanted to hear what he had to say. Because, mm -hmm. one, I wanted to hear what the issues he brought up there. But what I will tell anybody, I don't care who you are. I don't care. Look, I sat on News 1 now, and I disagree like all hell when Eddie Glaude said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Eddie Glaude sat, sat on that show, and he was articulating, Ugh. hey, leave the top of the ticket empty, because Hillary ain't done this, this, this. And I'm sitting Dumb. there going, bruh, as hell. I'm telling you what this man gonna do. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what in the hell are we at? What the hell has been unleashed? The bottom line is this here. I, I'm trying to get people to understand. They can't walk around, Cleo, talking about, man, it's a damn shame what's happened to these brothers in these prisons and what's happened in these court system without understanding that judge likely was elected, that DA was elected. The elected DA hires those DAs in their office. And then those appellate court judges in many states are elected. The state Supreme Court positions in many states are elected. Yes. And so what you do at the ballot box is going to determine what happens when it comes to mass incarceration and criminal justice reform. Final comment. I'll go to my next door. I know what you're saying is absolutely true. I also know that, for example, we were going to be talking about poverty and the lack of economic prosperity mm -hmm. but among black people compared to other groups. In a, in a capitalist society that's constantly promoting bling bling and blah 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 blah, you know, bling bling related things, people who are working class and poor are made to feel perpetually self-conscious and inadequate in this society. When you have a sense of yourself being inadequate and you watch people like yourself being beat up by the cops or murdered for going on a hundred years or so, it looks to them, regardless of, of these technical realities that you just mentioned, Roland, and that you mentioned, it looks to them like things haven't changed because Tamir died, Sandra Bland died, Michael Brown died, Oscar, we can go on and on with all those people that keep dying, and it appears that nothing has changed based on what trauma does. See, that's why I think it's important how we approach things, because trauma can disorient you, and these people who you're referring to who tell people not to vote are speaking to emotions. They're speaking to their emotions and saying, it's terrible what's happening to us, and voting is not going to matter. And they get, they get caught up into that because they're cynical anyway. Yeah. And when somebody says nothing doesn't matter, that makes sense to their trauma, which is why when we approach people, we have to do what I call trauma deflection. We can't re-traumatize them by making them feel bad about who they are. Again, I think one of the things you did was really powerful with this, brothers, that you said, what do you care about? And I ask people what they care about all the time, and, and most of them are black. And, the, and the, the first time I ask them, they usually don't have an answer because they've never, they just surviving. And when you're in survival mode, you're just trying to survive. You're not looking at issues of care in the, in the big picture. And we should. 
I mean, everything you just said about the importance of voting, I know for a fact voting makes a difference. That's why I asked the people in Ferguson, why are you not voting? But they let me know why they was voting once they got out of the catatonic state, because I don't think it matters, because I don't think I matter. Well, I'll tell you what, And though, we got to make people realize they matter and also, so they can vote. And also who you vote for plays a role in those mental health services. Yeah. Plays a role in all... See, and that's the piece. All the things when people say we need this, 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 mm -hmm. it determines mm -hmm. on who has mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll certainly keep us updated on what happens uh, in this case. We Thank certainly you. appreciate Tell, it. Thank you for telling the Lamar story. Yeah. All right, thanks a bunch. All right, folks, uh, I'm going to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about colonizer to gentrifiers. Hugely popular black-owned restaurant in Houston, the Turkey Lit Hut Club, beats back their nearby neighbors who were plotting to shut them down. They were lying to the courts about why they were doing it but they were actually trying to shut them down. We'll talk to the co-owners next, right here on Rollerbart Unfiltered. You want to check out Rollerbart Unfiltered? YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real. It's Rollerbart Unfiltered. See that name right there? Rollerbart Unfiltered. Like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash Roland S. Martin. And don't forget to turn on your notifications so when we go live, You'll know it. You want to support Rollerbart Unfiltered? Be sure to join our Bring the Funk fan club. Every dollar that you give to us supports our daily digital show. There's only one daily digital show out here that keeps it black and keep it real as Roland Martin Unfiltered. Support the Roland Martin Unfiltered daily digital show by going to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Our goal is to get 20,000 of our fans contributing 50 bucks each for the whole year. You can make this possible. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. As the marijuana momentum continues, our good friends at MarijuanaStock.org have already reached more than half their funding goal for the hemp CBD investment. If you want to take advantage of the great opportunity, you need to do it now because it won't last much longer. Of course, I'm talking about the hemp plant, the good cousin to marijuana, with a much higher concentration of CBD. That means hemp gives you all the medical benefits of marijuana without getting you high. Also, if you don't know, hemp farming is now legal in the United States creating one of the largest commodities worldwide. Folks, it's an opportunity for you to invest. And that's where the folks at 420 Real Estate come in. Their business model is simple. They buy land that supports hemp CBD grow operations and leases it to licensed high-paying tenants. They're essentially hemp CBD landlords, so you can get in on the action. Now, hemp continues to change the economic landscape. 420 Real Estate is allowing you to chase the American dream. You can invest as little as 200 bucks, up to $10,000 as part of their crowdfunding campaign. And you must do it, of course, before the fund is closed. To invest, go to MarijuanaStock.org. That's MarijuanaStock.org. Get in the game and get in the game now. Three men have been indicted on capital murder charges for killing Joshua Brown, who was a witness in former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger's murder trial. Police say it was a drug deal gone bad. Now, uh, Mitchell, 20, Michael Diaz Mitchell, 32, and Thaddeus Charles Green, 22, were all indicted by Dallas County Grand Jury on Thursday. The Mitchells, who are related as uncle and nephews, were captured and are being held in the Dallas County Jail on $500,000 bail each. Green is at large and considered armed and dangerous, according to the Dallas Morning News. Brown, 28, was killed in Dallas on October 4th, just days after he testified in Geiger's murder trial for killing Botham Jean. The Dallas PD is asking that anyone with information about the shooting or Green's whereabouts ask to contact Detective Jacob White at 214-671-3690 or jacob.white at Dallas uh, City Hall. First of all, the uh, email, cityhall.com. jacob.white at dallascityhall.com. All right, let's talk about a story, folks, out of Houston. 
and that is the Turkey Leg Hut. A lawsuit filed against the Turkey Leg Hut in Houston over its smokers has been suspended. The legal battle that has been going on for the past couple of weeks ended with the plaintiff saying they will not pursue further legal action for now. Hmm, why is that the case? Joining me now to talk about this, the co-founders of Turkey Leg Hut, Nakia and Leanne Price. How y'all doing? Doing well, how are you? All right, so um, here's the deal. So all of a sudden they're dropping their suit. Is it all because y'all got the hands and your lawyers did on that email that they sent out where, where <laughs> they even stated what their real reason for why they were trying to shut y'all down? I believe that the their initial shock value was the fact that, you know, they, they caught us off guard. Hold on one second. I'm having some audio issues. The audio dropped out there. Um, all right, uh, guys, let me know where the audio back. Okay, keep talking. All right, so what's, do we have the audio, guys? Okay, all right, so not quite sure what happened with the audio there. Um, yeah, I can't hear you guys on y'all end. So, uh, so do this here uh, in the control room. If y'all could uh, work this out, and then we'll go right back to them. And so, folks, so let me unpack this here, okay? The Turkey Leg Hut opened in, in Houston about three years ago along a road called Almeda Road uh, in Houston's Third Ward. Now, this is, of course, a historic uh, black neighborhood where Texas Southern University is, my high school, Jack Hayes High School. It is one of the most historic black neighborhoods in the city of Houston. So they opened this restaurant, and on this road, Almeda Road, where a lot of black businesses located. KCOH Radio, longtime uh, voice of black Houston, located on that street as well. Turkey Leg Hut then opens, and it takes off. People are sitting there, going there, uh, and getting their turkey legs. Unbelievable response from the public. Well, then, in, the, in this, that particular area, gentrifiers moved in. It's, very, it's near the Texas Medical Center. It's near downtown. And so what then happens is they start complaining about the owners of the Turkey Leg Hut. They complain about the traffic. They complain about the noise. Uh, they were complaining, saying, uh, the smoke from their smokers. Thousands of people. You go to a turkey leg hut, folks. I'm talking about the line is sometimes folks waiting one, two hours to get in. Hugely popular. Okay? So then, of course, they open up a place called Daiquiri Hut. Oh, they didn't like that. Uh, they, they complained about people parking. And so the owners bought literally several parking lots nearby to accommodate the traffic. Still not good enough. And so... You have, you have a residential neighborhood that's literally right next to, uh, the, uh, to, the, uh, to the restaurant. Now, Houston has no zoning laws. That means in Houston, hell, you could be in the restaurant and have a big house right next to it. That's what you actually have there in the city of Houston. <laughs> so these folks moved in and then began to complain, trying to shut this restaurant down. Now, uh, I think we've got the owners, owners back. So, uh, want to check with your audio? You, you got me? Can, we can hear you. There can you, you hear us? Okay, cool. All right. So you were making a point. Again, they, 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 <laughs> they were coming at y'all, throwing all these different reasons out, but this email, they wrote in the email that the intent was to, 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 to uh, get y'all off, quote, our corner. Wow. That's correct. But that could not be the stated goal. Right. And they said it in the email. We can't say that, <clears throat> but that's the goal. Correct. 
What was the response from the community? Because uh, obviously, uh, this restaurant is hugely popular. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of what was that response as well? Trying to, what they were trying to do to y'all? Because they initially got an injunction where you couldn't use your smokers from what, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m.? That's correct, yes. So the initial, the initial, um, the initial, you know, temporary restraining order um, was we couldn't use the smokers from 8, 8, 8 p.m. until 6 a.m. Um, there after we, we filed, when we received that email is when we filed um, an emergency hearing um, for the restraining order to be lifted. And during that time, they raised the bond. So the bond went from $500 to $24,000. And then they lifted the, um, the the hours of operation from when we could smoke turkey legs. And they only did it from Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for those hours of 8, 8, 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. Um, and then what happened is, is that they did not come up with the $24,000 bond. And so because they didn't come up with the $24,000 bond, the restraining order was null and void. Um, Lynn, first of all, with a lot of people, uh, again, not understanding, that essentially what y'all were dealing with is what black people are now dealing with all across this country. We've seen this in Oakland. We've seen this in Harlem. We've seen this in Chicago, in Los... Yep. I mean, all these areas where black people have lived for decades. Customs. Things are doing. All of a sudden, white folks move in. I mean, you had, hell, here in D.C., y'all turn the go-go music down. <laughs> then you had some white <laughs> folks who moved in next to Howard University and literally said, uh, they should turn this into a park so we can walk our dogs. Yeah. I mean, so this, yeah. what, what y'all experience is what black business owners are experiencing nationwide. Almost normality now. It's crazy. It is, um, it's, first of all, I, th I, think it's be I think it's beyond crazy. And you've had to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers to fight this as well. Beyond thousands, and it's crazy, crazy, man. And so, so, and so, what, so what is next? Do y'all expect them to retool and possibly come after you again? I, I think at this point in time, I think they're, they're a little embarrassed um, about, you know, that email coming out and, and we, us knowing their, their, um, their ultimate goal. I think at some point in time, you know, it's always been something since we've been here. So they couldn't get us with the noise. They couldn't get us with the parking. And so you came up with the smoke. So my, my question is, is that if and when you come back, what will it be next? What will it be for this time or next time? Uh, and of course, as a part of that, um, y'all have taken action uh, to address some of the issues. Of course, y'all have bought a number of parking lots in this area as well. And so... <laughs> Seven? Yes. Seven. And so, um, anything y'all plan on doing moving forward to still address some of these issues when it comes to smoke or whatever? So, what are your plans? So, the plan is to, and the plan has always been to enclose the pits. Um, you know, the the pit area that as it stands right now, we're, we, we, they were built to the health department specifications. And then, you know, when they start, when they started to receive complaints, then, you know, what we had built wasn't, wasn't good enough. And so now it's, you know, it's, they want it fully enclosed, whereas before it was fine just the way that it is. That's how we've been in business for two years without something like this happening. 
And so the plan going forward is to do like we said we were going to do, which is enclose the pits, fully enclose the pits, have the exhaust fans put in, and that's really it. I mean, the smoke has to go someplace, so it's still going to go up, um, but it's just going to have a different, I guess, the exhaust fans and how, how you redirect the smoke. Um, from a community standpoint, uh, have y'all been... Um, pleased with how black folks have rallied around y'all. And look, that, and, and a lot of your white customers, too. <laughs> look, I got, you know, they got a muzzle on my mouth, so I can't say too much, you know, so can't say what I really want to say. No I have no, I told them my exact words verbatim how you start off your show. They don't want it like Washington on Alameda. Did, did you hear me? I heard you. They don't want it like Washington on Alameda, and I'm going to leave it at that. So, you know, we're going to let the attorneys take care of it because that's my standpoint y'all want y'all want 50,000 people on Alameda with their hands in there so you know they don't want that but the community has been awesome they've been awesome Good. the support that we receive has been very it's been unreal it's it's, it's crazy Good. to know that we have that many people who stand behind us and what we're trying to do and in, in, in every at every turn we have 14,000 reposts in one day on we wow. so uh we support circulate had 14,000 reposts and that's not even all the ones I saw those are the ones we just saw on our page but you know like I tell everybody uh, it's not like you know it's different strokes of wood that you can use for barbecue pits and if if you really a barbecue uh, pit master or you really cook in your backyard um certain woods give off certain smoke we use the best of the best mesquite Mesquite is a heat wood. It's nothing that has large, you know, abundance of smoke out there. Pecan does a different flavor. But we use mesquite, the same wood that the average person uses in their, their pit on the daily. So, you know, this is just crazy oh, to think better. that you would say it's toxic, you know, on any level, you know. Um, and uh, obviously, I'm showing some video right now when I was, of course, uh, at your place in September. Uh, that's why I, I look. The, it's way too much food. That's why I couldn't get any. I could. I purposely did not get any when I came by for Thanksgiving. I gotta spread that stuff out uh, over, 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 over the course. Yeah, he's like, fix you something. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm going home and get a salad. I'm going home. Uh, not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Uh, no, I'm trying, Cleo. I'm trying to tell you. Okay. All right, Cleo. Go to it's Houston. It's very real, Cleo. I'm, Cleo. I'm trying to tell you, Cleo. I've been to Houston. Okay. No, Cleo, you you been to Houston, but you ain't been to Turkey Lake Hut. No, I haven't. I'm yeah. trying to tell you, Cleo. But I'm going. Okay, Cleo, all right. Cleo, what, what rock you been under? You ain't been to Turkey Lake Hut. Uh, rocked us on the East Coast. Trust me, they know about it down there. Absolutely. And so, um, look, it, it has been, again, it's, it's, been, it's been a battle. I, I really do believe that, again, I, I, I make this point that the reason we really cover this story as well because we've been covering this. In, this thing happened in Oakland where a black church, they were they had choir rehearsal. Inside the church, white guy calls the cops and said they making too much noise. Wow. <laughs> mm. wow. And wanted, wanted choir rehearsal shut down because he felt they were making too much noise. Well, and what y'all don't know is that you you hear about the smoke, but you don't even understand how this has been ongoing. Like the harassment that we've received from everything has been crazy. I, I think you know we had the police called on us about a dog barking. Um, no, not even that. The, the distributor that brings our wood at twelve o'clock at night. Yeah. Somebody called him out because he was unloading the wood in the back on a pallet, 
and they said it was making too much noise. Wood. Yeah, it's been it's 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 crazy. We haven't even you know we haven't divulged everything that we've been through because I feel like you know at the end of the day God has our back. But it's been it's been a roller coaster to say the least. Yeah, they don't know I'm ready to ride it. I like roller coasters. <laughs> I love it. This is ah. le- baby, this is legit. Put me okay. in the front row. Let's ride. Well, uh, well, we certainly uh, are glad to see uh, how uh, this ended up, and uh, and uh, I'm, but I'm quite sure they'll be back. And so, Nakia and Lynn, uh, good luck and uh, uh, continue with uh, the success with Turkey Leg Hut. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, go to my panel here. I mean, again, this is I mean, what they what they have had to deal with. Again, is exactly what black people yeah. are confronting all across this country. Here in D.C., Shiloh mm-hmm. Baptist Church, mm-hmm. they are trying to get them to move, mm-hmm. saying, look, <laughs> uh, the, the parking on Sundays is just too much. Mm-hmm. I mean, white folks are moving into bl- traditionally black neighborhoods uh, in Harlem where they have been beating on the drums for decades. <clears throat> oh, no, there's too much noise. Y'all, y'all, y'all can be playing drums on Sundays. Roland, I brought... I uh, secured some property in Baltimore that's right next door to a well-known white-run restaurant. That's what I would say. And while we were doing renovations, they somebody called the police to stop us from what we were doing and, and to check to see if we had permits. Luckily, we had permits, but I asked the cops, who called? What, I, we, what we found out was that the people next door wanted to buy our building to expand. Mm-hmm. And they were mad at me. I'm, living my, I'm just breathing in and out, buying property. I'm not trying to mess with nobody. But they took it personally that I bought the property. So they, mm-hmm. they, and, they, they, and, they, and I went in their restaurant one time just to check it out, and they said I couldn't come in. I was not allowed in the restaurant. What? So I know what they talk about. I know, I know how white folks can be when they want to control an environment and black people won't let them do it. You know, when it comes to racism, there's always an element of, of jealousy mm-hmm. um, that we often don't talk about. You look at That's Tulsa, true. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. where you had that thriving community. Mm-hmm. It was ultimately burned down, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, there were banks, you know, pros- pros- prosperous schools. Hospitals. Um, hospitals. And you name it. It was a prosperous community. A bus system. Um, exactly, which was ultimately mm-hmm. burned down over a frivolous uh, allegation. And it, what it boils down to ultimately was jealousy. But see, jealousy is a... not wanting to... Jealousy is a neutral word. People, it ain't just jealousy. Know, um, it's black people define the myth of their superiority in their face. Yeah. And they're emotionally invested in the myth of their superiority. Mm-hmm. And when, when, that's why Trump is president, because Obama and Michelle defy the myth of their superiority. And they said, we got we to gotta fix this and bring a fool in here to, to change that, tra- that trajectory. Mm-hmm. And it's not just as innocent as the, t- the term jealousy. Yeah. There's, I, there's, I there's other stuff in here. Of course, it's, in it's, here. it's a lot more nuanced. You don't murder that. and kill people but there just because you're there jealous. Is a, there is an element of jealousy yeah. when it comes to racism and white supremacy. But, but the, the thing you here know, is... Of course, I know there's other nuances. The thing here is, uh, Avis, and of course, I got my hands on the email. They literally said, we want them off mm-hmm. our... Yep. Well, colonizers be colonizing, okay? That, that's really... Is that what they be? They be colonizing, okay? <laughs> colonizers be colonizing. That's what happened there. It's this sense of, um, it's, it's ours. You don't belong. It's this, I pay, I'm here, so now everything is mine. It's this Columbus syndrome, right? That once they're, they're there, they've discovered it, and it's now theirs. Mm-hmm. And they can now tell other people what to do and what not to do. It is, you know... I would be interesting to see what sort of mental illness is that, right? Because I see that as some sort of mass illusion, like you've mentioned, this issue of 
this false sense of superiority, but there's also this huge sense of entitlement that seems to be embedded in a culture that thinks that just because they can come to a space 50 years, 100 years, how many years late, that all of a sudden everyone and everything has to bend to their will. Once again, colonizers decolonizing. They've been doing it for centuries and they're doing it now. You know, in the case of, of Turkey Leg um, restaurant, you know, what was meant to harm them actually has, in a sense, helped their business. Mm -hmm. um, because I knew nothing about Turkey Leg until this story came out. So, <laughs> and now I want to go. I want to exactly. go up and water the, the whole I want, time. I want to visit them. But, but what's happening is when it comes to gentrification is, as, as we all have said, you, know, you have folks going into communities that have established um, traditions and, mm -hmm. and, and cultures and norms, and they want to change it overnight. And it doesn't, have, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And I also understand, like, if you purchase a piece of property anywhere, you want to protect that investment. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. You want the, the, the cost of your property to, to rise, not, not to decrease. But you cannot think that you can enter a community that has norms and cultural practices to just change it overnight. Mm -hmm. I think that is problematic. Mm -hmm. so no, we, not, we, not, not them. But that is what we have seen. Yeah. These people have the mentality of a serial killer. Mm. A serial killer is not concerned about the reality of your reality. They subjectively want what they want, and they'll do anything, even if it leads to murder in the ending of your life or in this business, in the end of your, of your existence or your business, to get what they want. And often, and, this is, and I'm, this is, I'm being redundant to make a point, mm -hmm. serial killers are driven by a psychopathological inferiority complex. Mm -hmm. And these people, in my opinion, have an inferiority complex. Black, black people bring an energy, a majesty, an artistry, a cultural stamp. And, it, and something that nobody else brings. And I think it raises anxiety around inferiority complexes in these people. So they overdo everything, mm. including gentrification and, and scorched earth, because they have to compensate for just being white and mediocre around the magnificence of a lot of black people. They can't handle it. You know, I, I would be curious to see, um, as these communities are, are becoming more and more gentrified, if there is training in place for buyers to understand the norms and the cultural practices of these respective communities we need, we, that's before what we they enter. We, we need to value that, black communities. That, that, yeah. that is they, true. They, they, that is they, true. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, uh, uh, we live in a capitalistic society where money talks. Right? Yeah, no, it's just be honest. Yeah, but here, right? here, here, vision talks. No, 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 no. But, but, but this, whole, look, this whole idea of training, uh, let's just be real clear, okay, when it comes to these folks here. They ain't trying to be trained. That's true. That's right. Okay, that's they, true. look, we said the same thing, <laughs> the same thing about cops. We ain't got to be trained to deal with white folks. Thank you. It's called common damn sense. Well, one of the things that it's I, called, I, and that's the problem here. And was and, and, and was bothersome here. And look, I'm telling you, I'm from there. When I say hugely popular, thousands of people coming through each week. Yet in Austin, where they have that popular barbecue restaurant, you don't see folks saying let's shut them down. See. That's, and so the problem is, is that, oh, it's hugely popular, is black. And, and it's, it's black prosperous. folks who are coming it's through there. Now. And it's black folks who are sitting here. I, I can take you to Montrose, which is a largely gay area in Houston. They got bars, clubs. They got parking issues. They got folks drinking. I can go to the Heights. I can go to all kinds of different places here. But this is different because also this is historic third ward that they now want to call, like... Uh, when I say understand how they're doing it, University of Houston, just understand, University of Houston's in third ward, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, literally. If this is TSU, University of Houston is two blocks that way 
my high school is right across the street. Do you know what they call that place? University Place. Mm. Well, okay. Scott Street, <laughs> University of Houston, Yates, TSU. Y'all in Third Ward. What they've tried to do, where this area is, even rename it. Mm -hmm. They tried to rename Harlem. So yes. that's also the that's deal. Right. So the deal, see, see this right. thing goes deep. This ain't about training. That's right. What they want to do is they want to completely eradicate all sense of blackness. Like locusts. So we going to rename this place? We going to move all the folks out who were here? You go to Miami. Read, read Luther Campbell's book. And when you go to a basketball game in Miami, you are on hollow ground that black folks, Bahamians, built. They moved all those black folks off of what is now downtown Miami and pushed them into Liberty City. Well, let's get back. Well, that, that's why they say well, our corner. Let's get back to what black mm -hmm. people can do about this. Because well, reasons... a moment I said to you a moment ago that we need to value black communities and do a pushback on gentrification. We do. And you mentioned that this is a capitalist country. But mm -hmm. let me tell you what the brother did who owned the building that, that we have in, in Baltimore. A lot of people want that building because it's in the prime a prime area. And he while y'all talking, I'm showing some of the food and turkey leg. Huh? Okay, but y'all well, go ahead. The brother, don't the do brother that. I'm hungry. <laughs> who was who's pro black and Afrocentric, who owned the building? Did he want? Maybe well, I'm saying too much. Well, I'm gonna speak in code. To, to, he wanted somebody. I don't know how, to, how do I say this on? <laughs> okay, Just say like, it. okay, I'm gonna say it. He there were all, all kinds of people. Who don't look like us? He wanted to who are trying to secure that property yeah. because it's a prime piece mm -hmm. of property, mm -hmm. and he needed to sell it, but he waited. And you, when you walk Good in there, you see, when you saw the final Good call, you him. saw Malcolm on the wall. I mean, him. I knew, I knew this was a black man who owned this place. Right. And he held out, and he held out, and he was literally in tears when I told him that I was going to build a black wellness and cultural center in the same space that you've been blacking, because he's a civil rights. He's a person. <laughs> okay, I don't want to give too much of his... We of got his, you, we got of you. His, but the bottom line is that he held out, which he was strategically held out to somebody black, was able to come along and secure that building, and, and, I, and we I, can do that. I do understand that. Gotcha. The, the, need, comment, the need to comment. preserve our, our black communities. And value but, them. And value them. I, I do get that. But at the end of the day, when you have someone who can barely make their mortgage... See, this person you just talked about... It's probably from, from it's very privileged to where they were able to hold out. The average person can't hold out. You come to someone, you say, I'm giving you 100 grand for a house that may be worth like two, three million, two years down the line, they're probably going to take it and move on, right? Because the average person just does not have the luxury to just hold out. Super quick solution, super quick solution, super quick solution. Uh, when I lived, when I first moved to D.C. as a graduate school student, I lived in a cooperative. Uh, it was a community land trust that had purchased the land that that property lived on because they saw at the time that this part of the city was flipping. This was around the U Street area before it's now what it is today, right? And so they purchased that land to suppress it, to make sure that that housing there was still affordable. I bought into that cooperative as a graduate student to this day completely black-filled building in an otherwise white community. So what I'm saying is that we need to think of creative ways that well, we can hold on to property and maintain some level of blackness and in our community. And here's the piece. The reason they were able to afford to fight the lawsuit, because black folks supported them. Yes. That's why. All right, folks, uh, going to break, we come back. What the hell wrong with sending Ted Cruz and these Republicans? Lord, I'm All, but, Like, no evidence Ukraine was involved but they just want to convince us Ukraine was involved. We go talk to Terrell Starr with The Root. Yes. See, this is why we also, unlike the other shows out there, 
the runaround time by it, how they, they cover black stuff. Y'all, Terrell Starr is a black Russian-Ukrainian expert. That's why we do real news. Next, a Rollmart Unfiltered. <laughs> If I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. Poet and author, Audre Lorde. folks, hashtag HBCU Giving Day School, Tennessee State University, of course. Yes, I'm rocking their hoodie. I was a commencement speaker, commencement speaker on Saturday. Had a great time. Thank you very much, Dr. Glenda Glover. And so more than 600 students uh, graduated. And so we had an absolute fabulous time. Uh, if you go to my Instagram page, you'll see some of the photos we took, of course, with uh, some of the graduates. Uh, only alphas get selfies. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Remember though, this Kappa wanted a photo? He got mad because he didn't want a selfie. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to move the line because, like, literally, like, if I want a selfie, no, I don't want no selfie. I'm like, well, we ain't taking a photo. I'm like, I, 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 I don't understand guys who, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, you got dudes out there who think it's gay or feminine to take a selfie. I've dealt with this in other, in other cities. Guys like, man, I'm, I'm trying to tell y'all, man, I ain't taking no selfie. I, I'm like, bruh, do you know a selfie and a photo is the same damn thing? I take a selfie in three seconds. I am not trying to stay in here and wait for y'all to get y'all camera right. It ain't mashing right. I was like, whatever. I ain't doing all that. That's why I take selfies. I take selfies with men and women. Snap, snap, move the hell on so we can go. So, Tennessee, y'all want y'all to support Tennessee State University, please. Pull the graphic up, please. Uh, uh, please, if you want to uh, give to them, they're doing a great job down there. Uh, support them at www.tnstate.edu. I'm trying to tell y'all, that's a real thing that's with crazy. these dudes when it comes to uh, selfies. It's a trip. I'm going to head at another topic, because I'm telling you, they really piss me off with that. Uh, I don't know what the hell that's all about. No, they dumbasses. <laughs> you should have said it, Cleo. All right, y'all. Yesterday uh, on Meet the Press, uh, talk about one idiot, Senator Ted Cruz. Y'all, do y'all understand how this man, how Donald Trump just made up stuff about this man and his wife and his daddy, and this fool still support him? Man, roll tape. Do you believe Ukraine meddled Look, in the American Ukraine, election in 2016? I, I do, and I think there's considerable evidence. You do? You do? Yes, also, and, and Chuck, let me I, say. I, this is, I, you know, Senator, this sort of strikes me as, as odd. Because I, you went through a primary campaign with this president. He launched a birtherism campaign against you. He went after your faith. He threatened to, quote, spill the beans about your wife <laughs> about something. He pushed a National Enquirer story, which we now know... He had a real relationship Chuck, with the editors drag, of the National Enquirer. No, but garbage. Senator, That's very kind is it not? Is it? Let me ask you this: Is it not possible that this president is capable of creating a false narrative about somebody in order to help him politically? <laughs> Except that's not what happened. The president released the transcript of the phone call. You can read what was said on the phone call. Yeah, and the Biden. Let me point out again. And you, the, you, you yourself hey, thought the Biden Chuck, part Chuck. was troubling. Chuck, let me point out a game that the media is playing. You know, a question that, that you've asked a number of people is you've, you've said to senators sort of aghast, do you believe that Ukraine and not Russia interfered in the election? Now, that, that in, in, in a court of law would be struck as a misleading question. Of course Russia interfered in our election. Nobody looking at the evidence disputes that. Uh, but the what president the media of the United is States pretending does. is, uh, look, 
it, on the evidence, Russia clearly interfered in our, in our election. But here's the game the media is playing. Because Russia interfered, the media pretends nobody else did. Ukraine blatantly interfered in our election. The sitting ambassador from Ukraine wrote an op-ed blasting Donald Do you Trump know why? during the election season. Do you know season. why he did that? That is what did unusual. Donald, what, did Donald Trump, what did Donald Trump as a candidate say? about Ukraine and Crimea during the election that might have so, inspired so you're the ambassador. they had disagreements with no, Donald Trump and I, they wanted Hillary saying, Clinton to get elected. Okay, so they wrote an op-ed. I'll tell you, ed. a I wrote Ukrainian parliament. That is the difference. What you're a, saying a, a, is you're saying a pickpocket, which essentially is a Hill op-ed, compared to Bernie Madoff and Vladimir Putin. All right, y'all. Joining us right now is Terrell Starr, of course, a Russian-Ukrainian expert with TheRoot.com. Yes, a black Russian-Ukrainian expert. Uh, Terrell, how you doing? It's all good. Thank you for having me. All right, man. First of all, for the black folks who don't know, how many times have you traveled to Russia and Ukraine to make you an expert? Just because you know, somebody watching, like, how in the hell he's sitting there an expert? Well, I have a master's degree from University of Illinois, where I was uh, in Russian East European studies. First black person to get a master's degree, then I have a master's degree in journalism that focused on Eastern European affairs back and forth to the region i primarily go to ukraine i go an average of four times per year and i will be in kiev next monday as a matter of fact well again y'all i'm talking about when i say he's there trust me he's there uh always hanging out there and so the ukrainians love love him so let's talk about this whole deal man <laughs> you know you know first of all, I ain't like I bros. <laughs> ain't many bros in ukraine true yeah. Nigerians, though, plenty of Nigerians. Yeah. Okay. Really? All right. Oh. Well, well, at least you got some Pretty company. So. You got some company when you there. So um, absolutely, I have the I have the blackest parties in my apartment. I'm downtown. You can come visit me if you want to. Now the Nigerians love when you come back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. First of all, man, look. It, I mean, intelligence community. I mean, all of these people have said, y'all, you are falling for the Putin okie doke. I mean, are you even embarrassed to see these idiotic Republicans advancing this whole deal that Ukraine was was involved in this election? I mean, is uh, how hilarious is it to watch folks like Ted Cruz and Senator John Kennedy make fools of themselves? You know, I, I'm I was trying to think about how I was going to respond to this because there are so many angles of what's wrong and what's screwed up about this. But the irony of Ted Cruz. Uh, making this false allegation about uh, Russia, uh, of Ukrainian interference is that there was one point where Eastern European countries, former communist <laughs> bloc countries, i.e., um, you know, former Czechoslovakia, which is composed of, you know, Serbia and Albania, and then you have the former, com former Soviet blocs like Georgia and Ukraine and, you know, a number of other nations that were part of that 15-unit bloc. They can reply. They can re rely on Republicans to be the party that was tough on Russia. That is what they were known for. The zenith of that really occurred during the Ronald Reagan presidency when he stared down Gorbachev and when he made that famous speech of "Tear down this wall." So he was the so the through Reagan, the Republicans were the epitome of the party that would be the protectorate. Of a uh, of these states once they broke free of communist uh, communist and uh, Soviet uh, of, of black black leadership. Now the, going back to Ted Cruz, he's specifically talking about a column by former Ambassador Vitali um, 
uh, Vitali, thinking about his name, his name is Vitali uh, Charlie. And the reason why he wrote that column was because Trump said that, A, I would recognize Crimea, which Russia annexed as part of Russia, not Ukraine. He also said that he would consider dropping the sanctions, which prompted, rightfully so, the ambassador to America, the Ukrainian ambassador to America saying, um, excuse me, you're, are you literally telling us that you are going to sit by, you know, our former, our number one ally to say that it's okay that Putin literally illegally annexed our country and you're going to drop the sanctions that Obama dropped, which forced the Russian economy to contract by more than two per two plus percent. So that so 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 that's what he's talking about. So ultimately the Republicans and Ted Cruz are gathering their evidence and their so-called witnesses via Rudy Giuliani from the same place that Trump gets his presidential appointees from the bottom of the barrel, from mm. the bottom of the garbage disposal, because that's <laughs> how the evidence is. Because when you go to Ukraine, you know, I, I have people talk to me about Trump uh, once we go off record. And I obviously wouldn't say who these people are, but they look at me and they say, Terrell, what's going on over there? Or they'll say, Terrell, did you look at what your president said next. And, and to be quite honest with you, they catch me off guard. I say, I don't know. And then it's something else that he said. So basically in the Ukrainian Rada, he is perceived as a joke. And so are the people that Rudy Giuliani are using as his witnesses in this sham documentary that he's creating when he goes over there. Mm. Well, uh, it, it's absolutely uh, nuts. Not only that, uh, again, Ukraine expected the United States uh, to be friends, but they now know what's going on here. I mean, they, yeah, they, I they, they know that Donald Trump will sell them out whatever Putin wants, he gets. Yeah. And they literally are parroting Soviet intelligence comp uh, 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 talking points. Yeah. Literally. It, it is. And so here's the irony of this, Roland, and everyone needs to recognize this. And if Joe Biden actually needs to do more um, speaking up for himself in this particular regard, Joe, Bi Joe Biden was President Barack, former President Barack Obama's envoy to give during the tail end of Obama's second uh, term in office. And the charges of Ukraine being a corrupt nation in regards to uh, in, reg in regards to financing. Listen, it's it's all true. Uh, the country has been known to uh, to leak foreign aid like a sieve. That, that's what we do know. What's also true is that anti-corruption activists have been working for years, for the past 20 years, to hold their government accountable. In fact, the country in the span of 10 years has had two revolutions, the Orange Revolution, which I was right across from in Georgia after the, after the Rose Revolution that happened there. And then also, yeah, this Euromaidan that prompted the, uh, the war that's in eastern Ukraine to this day. Joe Biden was the envoy that Obama sent to speak to the Ukrainian Rada and demanded that they work and that they improve on, on, on measures that, that would curb corruption. And they responded, along with the West, along with other Western countries, because it wasn't Joe, just Joe Biden, it was also the 
uh, it was also the anti-corruption activists that were on the ground there, and I know some of them, um, they pushed their government. And so Joe Biden also was considered to be the person to crack the whip on NATO countries to say, hey, we need to increase these sanctions or push them harder because it's not just America's side that works. Ultimately, if you don't have the European Union, if you don't have Brussels in cooperation, then singular U.S. sanctions are not going to be as effective. So it was Joe Biden that's largely given credit for that. That's the irony in all of this. He's creating a line that the Bidens actually were manipulating, trying to use Ukraine as a proxy to uh, to work against Trump. But listen, prior, prior, you know, in the midst of all of this, it was Joe Biden that was actually working on serious democracy building. That's his reputation there, not 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 the lies that that Senator Ted Cruz is discussing. All right then, uh, well, Terrell, man, we appreciate it. Thanks a bunch, uh, and we'll uh, definitely come back to you when um, you know these what, these hearings keep going on, and we keep hearing crazy stuff about the GOP. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Anytime. All right, folks. Of course, they had today's impeachment hearings, and so we got some of the video, some of the craziness that happened there. Roll it! <laughs> so, Mr. Goldman, uh, let's uh, get to the facts again. During the phone conversation on July 25th with President Zelensky, President Trump was narrowly focusing on his own political survival using his public office for private and political gain. The truth matters. Then we heard counsel for the Republicans say the president's concerned about foreign aid because you could kiss it goodbye, assuming that's referring to anti-corruption. Well, let's look at the facts of the July 25th call. I happen to have read it just recently, which sharply illustrates the president's willingness to abuse the power of his office for his own personal benefit. The memorandum of that call is on the screen in front of you, and it shows that President Trump says, and by the way, right after President Zelensky spoke about defense support and the javelins, I would like you to do us a favor, though. So this is a president's own behavior and words. <coughs> Mr. Goldman, what was that favor? The favor was to investigate a debunked conspiracy theory related to Ukraine interference in the 2016 election. And so Mr. Later, Goldman, the investigative committees received evidence from multiple witnesses who testified that President Trump was provided specific talking points in preparation for the July 25th call geared toward protecting the American people's national security. Is that correct? The talking points certainly uh, were the part of the official U.S. policy, and they included anti-corruption efforts and national security efforts, yes. And those talking points were provided to help the president effectively communicate official U.S. policy interests during calls with foreign leaders. Is that right? Um, that is correct. It's a routine process that the National Security Council does, but the, the president generally is able to use them or not use them. Witnesses said the president's not required to use them. What was so startling here is that he not only veered off Thank from you. them, but that he went to his own personal interest. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'd like to get us back to the undisputed facts of the president's abuse of power. Mr. Goldman, as a prosecutor in the Southern District of New York, when you prosecuted drug conspiracy cases, was it standard practice for drug kingpins to try to beat the case by distancing themselves from the conspiracy and blaming their accomplices for the crime? 
All the time. Uh, conspiracies have different layers, and the top layers make the bottom layers do the work so that they're further removed from the actual conduct. Okay. I'd like to ask some questions about the president's role in what Ambassador Bolton referred to as a drug deal. Did the testimony and evidence compiled by the Intelligence Committee establish the fact that, with respect to Ukraine, Rudy Giuliani was at all times working on behalf of President Trump? Yes, uh, Mr. Giuliani said that. President Trump said that to a number of uh, other individuals. And then those individuals, Ambassador Sondland, Ambassador Volker, also said that. Thank you. And on May 9th, 2019, Rudy Giuliani, on behalf of his client, President Trump, spoke with a New York Times reporter about his planned trip to Ukraine. And on that trip, he planned to meet with President Zelensky, he said. And urged, uh, and urged him to pursue investigations relating to the Bidens and to the debunked theory that Ukraine and not Russia interfered in the 2016 collect, uh, election. Isn't that correct? That's right. And Mr. Giuliani told the reporter that his trip was not about official U.S. foreign policy and that the information he sought would be very, very helpful to his client, client meaning it would be helpful to President Trump. Is that correct? Yes, and if it's not official foreign policy, it would be helpful to President Trump's personal interests. That's correct, and there is no doubt, Mr. Goldman, that investigations of the Bidens and the 2016 election meddling were, in fact, not about U.S. policy, but were about benefiting Trump's re-election, correct? Yes, and even the Ukrainians realize that. Let's focus on the aid to Ukraine, Mr. Goldman. Uh, Congress allocated on a bipartisan basis $391 million in military aid to the Ukraine. Is that correct? Yes, and it was signed by President Trump into law. Does the record establish that the military aid to Ukraine is in the national security interests of the United States? Absolutely. The investigation concluded that President Trump compromised U.S. national security by withholding vital military assistance and diplomatic support. Is that true? Yes. President Trump and his defenders claim that he withheld military aid out of alleged concern with corruption in Ukraine. Let's explore this phony justification. Donald Trump first spoke to the president of Ukraine on an April 21st call, correct? That's right. President Trump never used the word corruption on that April 21st call, true? That is true, and the readout from the White House after the call did say that President Trump talked about corruption. That readout was inaccurate. In a May 23rd letter, Trump's Department of Defense concluded that Ukraine met the anti-corruption benchmarks required to receive military aid from the United States. True? Yes, and if I could just take a, a second to talk about that, because that's very important. And this goes back to what uh, Mr. Collins was talking about with Vice President Biden. There is absolutely conditionality on aid in, routinely in all sorts of different ways, but it's done through official policy. And these anti-corruption benchmarks that you're referencing here was a condition of Ukraine getting the aid. But in May, the Department of Defense, in conjunction with the other interagencies, certified that Ukraine was making the necessary progress on anti-corruption efforts to merit the aid. And yet the aid was not released, correct? The aid was subsequently held. It, it was supposed to be released. DOD announced the release. 
and then President Trump held the aid uh, without explanation. Uh, Mr. Goldman, based on the evidence and testimony that you have reviewed, is there any reason to believe that the president cared about corruption in Ukraine? No, the, the evidence uh, really supports the fact that President Trump views corruption in Ukraine to be synonymous with the two investigations that he wants. But what the president did care about was a political favor from the Ukrainian government, and that is why he withheld the military aid. True? That, he told Ambassador Sondland himself that that is the only thing that he cares about. All right, y'all. Anybody else just find the Republicans pitiful? First of all, they, they, <laughs> they open up three seconds in. They start interrupting Nadler, mm -hmm. trying to throw monkey wrench into it. I mean, all kind of stuff. I mean, and it's pretty sad to sit here and, and watch and try to say, well, no, you didn't investigate this. It's, it's beyond. They will literally... When Trump said, I could kill somebody on Fifth Avenue and my supporters not care. They proven it. Absolutely. They're yeah. proven it. I, I, I'm, when all this is done and when his ass is thrown out next year, none of them will be able to have any credibility or any criticism, Lindsey Graham, all of them, for the next president. Not, not now white conservative evangelical better come at me and open their mouth with morality and character and values after what they... None of them. I'm going to sit back. This was going to happen. They're going to say something. I'm just going to have some baby powder on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to... Or, or a fly swatter. Just... Because they... It is clear and undeniable... And they're like, no, the sky is absolutely purple. You know, in spite of mounting evidence that shows um, there is grounds for impeachment, we have to look at, ultimately, what, what are we trying to accomplish or what the Democrats are trying to accomplish, right? The Democrats essentially are trying to impeach the president, which I think will happen in the House. But ultimately, based on our Constitution, this, um, the Senate has to do its part. And under the leadership of Mitch McConnell, I just don't see that happening. Okay, but, I just don't uh, see no, a conviction. But ultimately. hold on, hold on. One, I don't see that. but that has nothing to do with the other. Right. So, for instance... Well, you need a conviction, though. In no, 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 that. no, be, no. That is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Let's be clear here. He's not being removed. Yeah. There are two chambers. Because the ultimate, the ultimate goal is to get him removed. No, no, goal. no. The ultimate goal is to hold him accountable. Mm -hmm. Let's be Okay. Mm -hmm. If the, Here's the problem, and there have been some Democrats who... Nancy Pelosi, that was her initial, initial logic. Yep. Here's the problem with that. Facts are facts. Democrats right now control the House. Republicans control the Senate. Democrats have passed more than 300 bills. They just passed H.R. 4, dealing with the Voting Rights Act. H. They passed more than three... So eight, many. Huh? So many bills. No, yeah, but they passed right. 300 bills. Mm -hmm. McConnell hasn't done. So if I use that logic, well, it's a waste of time passing a bill. No. The House, according to the Constitution, has its duty. The Senate has their duty. In the history of this country, there have been only uh, four. This is the fourth impeachment inquiry. Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, Bill Clinton, and now Trump. 
Johnson survived conviction by one vote in the Senate. Impeached in the House, survived conviction. Nixon resigned before there was ever an impeachment vote in the House. Clinton, impeached in the House, survived conviction in the Senate. So the reality is, in the history of America, no president has actually been thrown out. But it does not mean the House still does not do its job. He has to be held accountable for what he's doing because, Avis, he will do it again. Absolutely he will do it again. I mean, so, he... so even if the Senate does not convict, the House still must do its job. Absolutely. But I, I want us to unpack what the Republicans are doing. Their histrionics actually has a strategy behind it. Now, the reason why we have Fox News is because after Nixon went his merry way, conservatives said, we don't want to ever come that close right. to having a president um, be kicked out of office again. And so they developed a propaganda wing Precisely. that includes Fox, that includes all these crazy radio shows, that now includes all these even crazier digital shows that they have on the right end. And so really what's, what we're seeing in terms of the histrionics right now uh, in these hearings is that the Republicans are just creating talking points, right, that their right-wing propaganda arm can use yep. in order to rebut the facts, to confuse, to conflate, confuse. to make people believe a reality that's not real, <clears throat> okay? This is a propaganda system that's happening right now, and this right here is a fundamental threat to our democracy when we can create such confusion that we're no longer recognizing what facts are facts and, and instead taking fiction as potential facts. And Cleo... Democrats have to do this when the people who were saying, well, they could lose in November. That doesn't matter. Here's why. Because if you don't do it, there is without a doubt, this man has Giuliani in Ukraine right now. Absolutely. He doesn't give a damn. He need to be in jail. He doesn't care. Yep. And so you also have to do it for the next president who tries to do it. Because at... And this is where Democrats, unlike Republicans, are saying you must be responsible to your position and the country and not your party and not some fool. Absolutely. It's very important that the Democrats continue and that they hold them, hold them responsible and accountable and get an impeachment. And you're right. You can't... Um, just because he's impeached or something, he's going to be thrown out. But it's important, and I was just wanted to reiterate what the, kind of the, the spirit of what what, what's your name again? <laughs> Avis. What Avis said <laughs> is that... I have a lot of money, and plus I'm an old man. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's important to understand that this, these histrionics are indeed histrionics, and they're indeed trying to lay out a perspective that's going to confuse everything. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to understand that it can work. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, that white supremacy is so invested in its own self, in its own power, that it'll do anything it can no holes barred, scorched earth, to continue to stay in power, even if it means lying with a huge bullhorn and have people actually buy into it who agree with the idea of white yep. power, whether it's wrong or right. Exactly. We, got, we, we have to understand that lying does not matter as long as the lies are effective and powerful so people can stay in a white supremacy survival trance. Because that's they what they're doing. Johanna, there have been people who I, I've had work for me who I didn't want to fire. But I had to. Because had I not fired them, what would it, what what was the me, what what would the message have been to the every other employee? Oh, yep. well, hell, oh hell, he 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 gonna to tolerate do. do what you want to do. Yeah, to, this is what Democrats have no choice. 
Well, I, I, I understand, but I think a lot of folks out there are saying that this could potentially be a waste of time because ultimately the goal is to ensure that President Trump, for some, does not get reelected, right? Or does not serve another an, another term. And I don't think under these proceedings that will stop him from serving a second term. Now, through voting, through proper voting, through in such, he may not be able but, to get reelected. But, but, but again, that through means, these, but that means nothing. Processes, but, I that, think, but that means nothing. The Constitution was set up that way for a reason. The Constitution was set up that there is a mechanism. And that's also why it was, that's why high crimes and misdemeanors were not defined in the Constitution. It was set up. Also, when they say, well, it's supposed to be uh, bipartisan. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Yep. The Constitution is uh, set up to say, this is how you are to hold a president accountable. Mm -hmm. If someone does something that is at such a level that you do not wait for the election. Absolutely. That's why it's there. And so when they, so when, when you have the Trump people like, this is unconstitutional, it, it's actually in it. And it was a... It's like, it's literally And this was the it. prime reason why that particular caveat was put into the Constitution, because the framers understood that you might have someone in power that's so corrupt... Yes. That is so powerful. Emolument clause. Exactly. All of that. Exactly. That it might be a need to move, remove that person prior to an election. And when you think about a situation right now where the election itself is be being tampered with, why are you going to wait for an election when the guy is trying to get the election tilted you, in his behavior? Are you concerned that if Trump is made to look like a victim based on being impeached and having the Fox and all of the Republicans supporting him, that he might get the sympathy vote? Of course. That's your concern. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's one of it's one of Well, it's, it's the Democrats' job to it's message. And, and, but and here's, here's the but piece. it's deep that you could be a crook and get caught and get the sympathy vote. But here's a piece, though. No. Here's a piece, though. <laughs> he been pleading. He the victim said before he even ran. Absolutely. They, they tried to fair. stop me. But he won. I mean, fair. today. But he won. Today, today, the inspector general he released did. the report on the FBI's action when it came to investigating the Trump campaign and his own attorney general goes, I disagree with the IG. <laughs> the, person, the person who Barr was put in charge to investigate further goes, I disagree with the findings. Offers no reason why, just, well, I disagree. So, so, again, well, that requires this administration, this dude, no, does not believe in the law. Wagons. He doesn't. The Constitution was written precisely for this thug. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Because it was written to say, if you have a president who cares about nothing, law, I can do what I want. Uh, ruler, whatever. Uh, Congress, y'all supposed to uh, investigate the executive branch? Check Kiss my ass. Sound like Trump. Subpoenas, that's, that's what go to saying. hell. That, We're that's not, it. This is not a monarchy. This is the, the Constitution is in place so we don't have a king. Dude has he, we don't we don't have he dictators. has said quote I can do whatever I want. That's why he has to get impeached. You have to send a signal. No, you can't. He can cry as a victim, but the bottom line is this here it's still the other party's job to put a candidate up who can beat him and turn their people out. Yeah. But he cannot be allowed to do whatever he wants to with impunity and somehow think it's all good. Hey, folks, for the first time, America's top beauty pageant, Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, Miss America, and Miss Universe have crowned a black woman as their winners at the same time. That's a very big deal if you know your pageant history. In her acceptance speech, Miss Universe, uh, Zosabini Tunzi of South Africa talked about what her win means to black girls worldwide. 
I grew up in a world where a woman who looks like me, with my kind of skin and my kind of hair, was never considered to be beautiful. And I think that it is time that that stops today. I want children to look at me and see my face, and I want them to see their faces reflected in mine. Thank you. That's one gorgeous sister. Yeah, Happy to see that she won and took place at Tyler Perry Studios as well. So she wins on the joint owned by a brother. That's how it happened. All right, folks, we finally remember the legacy of Dr. Margaret Lawrence, who passed away at the age of 105. Despite facing the widespread discrimination, she became a renowned pediatrician and child psych psychiatrist. As a senior at Cornell University in the 1930s, Margaret Lawrence had a nearly perfect academic record and expected to attend the university's medical school. Mm -mm -mm. But she was the only black student in her class and she was denied admission. She applied to Columbia University's College of Physicians and Surgeons. She was accepted on the condition that she would not protest if white patients refused to be seen by her. She agreed and became the only black student in her class of 104 who graduated in 1940. She would still face discrimination, often being mistaken for a cleaning lady. But she went on to become a renowned pediatrician and child psych psychiatrist and the first African-American female psychoanalyst in the United States. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts and prayers are with Dr. Lawrence's family and friends. All right, folks, uh, we, uh, we got to go. We certainly appreciate all of you who are watching the show. We want you to support uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, what you waiting for? You're not talking about the kick, the queen, the Miss Universe. This is for the celebrate yes, more demonstratively. Okay, I got that you, but uh, we got to go. I mean, we've been talking about everything else for the last hour and a half, so <laughs> you should have mentioned earlier that you really want to talk about Miss Universe. Congratulations, Tansi. Congratulations yeah. to her, and her win is not just for South Africa, but the entire continent of, 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 of Africa. And more specifically, her win shows black girls, especially little black girls, that you have a choice to either wear your hair natural or to wear your hair um, in, in, in perm or, or press or, or whatever you want. So at the at the, the core of it all, it's, the, it's, it, it's, it's knowing that as a person of color, I have a choice. No, she ain't a person of color. She's black. She's she's black. She's black South African, right? So, but but she's a she's a symbol for black people all over the world. But yeah, you're you're right to make that distinction because in South Africa, no, because no, because she beat me Puerto Rican. No, because in South Africa you have black South Africans. You have colored. You got white. South Africans. You have you have white. So it's good that you made that distinction. Very thank you, Roland Martin. But nonetheless, the point I was trying to make is that seeing someone like her, she's beautiful, she's gorgeous, she has won this title is is significant for for girls of color all over all over this world, in particular the continent of Africa. Black ones. Got African ones. Like I said, support RollerMartinUnfiltered.com by going to RollerMartinUnfiltered.com <laughs> and join our Bring the Funk fan club. See, why is this important? Because there's a whole bunch of people out there who talk all this stuff about they got shows and they talk about... No, they talk about black people. We talk to black people. We talk with black people. We put on black experts, black guests. We bring on lawyers and doctors and people along those lines because we want to see the best of ourselves. And so there's a difference between this show and a whole bunch of others that know exactly what I'm talking about. And see, I don't waste my time talking about other folks' shows. Do you. That was the subject of my speech at Tennessee State. Do you, okay? I'm not going to waste any time sitting here going off about y'all because you know why? We got business to cover. We got really important stuff. And so that's what I focus on. And so for anybody who wants to debate me, you at least got to be relevant. At least. At least. At least. So that's why we, that's why we do what we do. Damn. And as we cover the news, that's how we do it. 
because there's some people who are real journalists, and there's some people who are not. RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. Support what we do. Bring the funk. I got to go. And also, <laughs> if you ever try to question somebody's blackness, don't go there, because you don't really want that heat. You really don't. No, no, it's unfiltered. Because my shade is also unfiltered. My shade is also unfiltered. Yeah. Tennessee State, HBCU. What are you wearing? If you show your face to your audience. Holla! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.